Chrysler, it seats about 20. So hurry up and bring your jukebox money. Love Shack, baby. Oh, this thing's on. Hi. Welcome to the Intergalactic Boombox. I'm Kyle Bear. I got a question. What do you hate in movies and TV? The tropes that you see over and over again. Like where characters won't finish their sentence. What the? Why I oughta? Or not saying bye when hanging up the phone. What do you hate that you keep seeing over and over in movies and TV? I want to see your answers on my Discord, discord.gg slash Kyle or hit the link in the show notes. Type up some things you hate. I'm going to compile them and read them on next week's episode. The cyber hack attackers known as Anonymous have issued a new video, this time warning Elon Musk that his tweet manipulation of crypto markets are devastating to the common man that uh, technology shouldn't be developed by a giant, unsympathetic narcissist. We are legion. Expect us. The Bitcoin market has taken a nosedive over the past month. I'm sure you guys have heard that. And uh, it's catastrophic for those who invested thousands or more in recent months. I am personally of the mind that uh, it's a good time to buy low. I'm just surprised that Anonymous didn't send a a warning video to Elon Musk after uh, Saturday Night Live. Awkward. It's time to relive your childhood when you have to wait a whole week to watch a new episode. But dadgummit Disney Plus, thank you for giving us time to absorb, overanalyze, and be forced to avoid binging. Unless you wait till all the episodes are posted. What I'm talking about is, you know it, wait for it, okie dokie. I'm talking about Loki. That was terrible. Tom Hiddleston's glorious purpose is in the hot seat with Owen Wilson and the TVA. No, not the Tennessee Valley Authority. The Time Variance Authority. Gatekeepers of the sacred timeline. Loki is under arrest for being a variant, a rogue element that is messing with the timeline. Now, last time on Avengers Endgame, Loki made off with the Tesseract, which apparently was not supposed to happen. First part of the episode has a lot of uh, silliness, Thor Ragnarok feel to it. Uh... And it settles into a more grounded tone, and it's consistently fun. Loki basically learns that the TVA holds the ultimate power. Thanos, Schmanos, Owen Wilson's agent Mobius, he almost becomes a uh, psychotherapist because he's like asking Loki, like, why do you do the things you do? Wow, why do you do that? There's a there's a fun little animated sequence explaining the lore, which is good because I wasn't sure I was going to be gravitating and understanding the whole time variance authority and the animated sequence has a character named miss minutes voiced by the one and only tara strong if it seems like an homage to the jurassic park dinosaur sequence that was intentional pretty cool this show so far has none of the mcu quality action scenes that you saw in falcon and the winter soldier and honestly it doesn't need it now it's too soon to really compare with that or wandavision but i will say it does an excellent job of giving the show its own identity It's slower paced, but always interesting. My only real complaint is knowing that this Loki series only has six episodes. You're killing me, Smalls. In Japan, for $18 an hour, individuals or companies can rent, quote, fat people, which apparently is a rarity over there. Now, why would someone want to rent an overweight person? 
The company, called Debukari, says that maybe someone needs a model to try on clothes for an overweight friend or just needing someone fatter than them to make you feel good about yourself. <sighs> what? For the companies, plausible reasons could be needing a larger person for a part in a commercial or for an ad or promoting a diet plan. And uh, Debukari doesn't view the term fat as negative. It should be seen as empowering. And, uh, oh, there's the phone lines. West of the Rockies, you are on the air. Whoa. Uh, who is this? You can call me Angus. And Angus likes his booze. All right. This is highly offensive. Yeah, it's not exactly casting a positive light on uh, overweight people. No, they only charge $18 an hour. I'm definitely plus size, and I would be charging by the pound. Just saying. Cough up a hunk for all the junk in this trunk. <laughs> Cowboy Bebop is one of the greatest anime series of all time. Now, before you try to skip ahead or sound like, I don't like anime, this show, seriously, it transcends the medium. It's great for people who turn their nose up at anime. It's just one of those shows like Firefly. It's got a ragtag group of quirky characters that travel the universe just trying to make a living, and it's not always on the up and up. It connects with people, and it's also got just one season and one movie. There is an overarching story, but for the most part, the episodes are self-contained. Yoko Kano's iconic jazz fusion score stands on its own. I mean, just play the opening song, Tank, in a room full of people who aren't even familiar with Cowboy Bebop, and they will instantly fall in love. And Yoko Kano is scoring the Netflix series, too. You got John Cho, excellent actor, as Spike Spiegel, Daniela Pineda as Faye Valentine, and Mustafa Shakir as Jet Black. Check the show notes if you want to see uh, what these characters are going to look like, or if you're listening to this podcast on the Podcasting 2.0 app from newpodcastapps.com, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, glance at your screen as you hear this part. You don't even have to look anything up. It's right there displaying as I talk about it. Woo! Can't wait to see these space cowboys on Netflix. Release date. To be determined. While fans are waiting for a sequel, Overwatch, meanwhile, is getting crossplay. Yeah, and the beta will launch soon. Blizzard's Battle.net update will enable this, as well as merging friends lists from different territories, except China. Basically, you're not going to have to worry about switching regions. I personally think all games, all games, should be crossplay. I get that companies want exclusives to drive sales, but when it comes down to it, people are going to pick what they're going to pick. Uh, some other caveats here. Now, cross-play does not mean cross-progression, so you can't just pick up and continue on a different platform. I can live with that. While I do have a few titles across a few platforms, I've got like Dragon Ball Fighter Z on, on Switch and PlayStation. I think I have uh, Overwatch on Switch and PlayStation 4 as well. But I've always kind of accepted that it's going to be self-contained. Competitive mode will limit console players to other console players, and PC players will be matched to other PC players. It's been a while since I've fired up Overwatch, pretty much since the year it came out, because it just didn't click with me the way that COD does, Call of Duty. But it is still insanely popular title. That's why they're making a sequel, and uh, I might just dust it off. I haven't played it on my Twitch stream yet. Oh yeah, by the way, I have a Twitch stream. My channel is Gohan with your own bad self. I usually stream Tuesday, Thursday, Sundays at 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. I liken it to watching your dad attempt button mashing his way through games while all the kids roll their eyes. If that sounds like your cup of tea, by all means, swing by. Go on with your own bad self. 
on Twitch. Whoa. Keanu Reeves. You're breathtaking. No, you're breathtaking. Is rumored to be involved in multiple on-screen roles for DC and possibly even Marvel. Kevin Feige has admitted to being very interested in getting Reeves into the MCU in some capacity at some point. Meanwhile, over at DC, he is confirmed as a voiceover role, although we don't know who, for a star-studded animated movie called League of Super Pets. The name that is being whispered around Hollywood water coolers, though, is the character of John Constantine. Now, would this be the J.J. Abrams Justice League Dark series being developed for HBO Max? And or a sequel to 2005's Constantine, which I'd be totally down for. I mean, even though it's radically different from the original comic character, I've always been a huge fan of that film. And he did say he would return to the role if the right script shows up. So I just love the character, John Constantine, that whole universe. It originated in DC Comics Hellblazer series that began in the late 80s. And if you're not familiar with the character, John Constantine is a British chain smoking, trench coat wearing occult detective whose look was supposedly inspired by Sting, the singer, not the wrestler. A few years back, it was a short-lived, poorly marketed, but extremely cool TV series with Matt Ryan as the main character, John Constantine. He's since popped up in cameos in the DC TV universe here and there. As spot-on as Matt Ryan's version is compared with the comic, I don't see Warner Brothers bringing TV folks over to the DCEU. Ryan has also voiced the character in the animated Justice League Dark direct-to-video flicks. Justice League Dark is comprised of Constantine, Swamp Thing, Dead Man, Zatanna, or Zatanna, Tomato Tomato, and Etrigan the Demon. And they tackle all the world's supernatural menaces. Now, would Keanu Reeves be down to do a streaming series as opposed to a theatrical film? Anything had happened. After all, we did get a third Bill and Ted movie. I'd like to mention a movie that may have escaped many folks' radar, and that is one called Prospect. It's a sci-fi with a very weathered, dirty, lived-in look. It's like old-school Star Wars or Alien, the, the, the look of the, uh, the tech and everything. Extremely well-done world-building and effects. It doesn't have the luxury of a Marvel movie budget. This is low-budget, but it's like done so creatively with the uh, directors, Christopher Caldwell and Zeke Earl. And those guys are on my radar now because they did so good with this, this movie that got basically... No press, but it's got a lot of reviews for those who have seen it. And the biggest name in this movie prospect is Pedro Pascal. And this is actually done before the Mandalorian. And he, his character channels a lot of Nathan Fillion in this. So he's really, really likable. The plot focuses on a daddy daughter duo who are contracted to mine rare gems on a planet. And the mercenaries keep uh, everything from flowing easily, you know? Yeah, I've owned this digitally since it came out. I believe in 2020. It's great to see it now as a feature-packed 4K set from Vinegar Syndrome. If you have heard of this company, they put out some really cool collector's edition of genre films. All the making of bells and whistles. I look forward to a good director's commentary myself. If you want to read the glowing review that reminded me about how awesome this movie is, and you should check it out, go to High Def Digest. The link is in the show notes for the review and trailer. And let me know what you think at Boombox Pod on Twitter, the Intergalactic Boombox at gmail.com, and the podcast channel on my Discord, discord.gg slash Kyle Head to my Discord and check out the question of the week. What things do you hate seeing in movies and TV shows? I might read your reply on next week's episode. But that's all I got for now. Till next week, see you on the flippity floppity.